Café Fuerte episode is Café Fuerte season three episode two with my brother Christian Martier. Here's a little heads up for our non-Spanish speaking podcast friends. This podcast is recorded in Spanglish. So please grab you a friend that speaks Spanish, have them translate for you, buy them a coffee, say thank you, and enjoy the show. I'm so excited. Like, you're not even, like, you're, like, not even, like, friends of the show. You're, like, co-producer of the show because <laughs> on Apple Music and podcasts, rather. Um, you're, you're my guy, man. You're my guy. And the reason why we're having this conversation today is because... He posted something that was sold on Instagram that I was like, oh, this needs to be a whole last episode of Café Fuente. Mm. Um, you posted about the Puerto Rican influence and how we kind of earned those cool points. They didn't just come mm -hmm. to us because, you know, we said that they were ours. So I just want you to end on that and let this conversation flow. I'll give the context there, right? So I'll tell you where, where that sort of that post was born out of, right? So that morning i woke up to an image of a uptown air force one right with the puerto rican flag being sort of just hung like haphazardly inside of a basketball net right so the, the thing is that about last year around this time i was brought into the, to the nike headquarters headquarters office in new york city um with the idea of consulting on the release or the potential release of a sneaker for this summer right so they had mentioned the fact that, you know, they had just released the Air Max last year and they were interested in doing something again for the Puerto Rican Day Parade and what have you. Um, the point of the issue was rather that they couldn't release a new sneaker. It had to be something that was retro because of the, the way sort of Nike set up. They can't put out a sneaker. It takes about two years or something like that. So for the sake of time, they could, though, retro a sneaker. So what sneaker would be interesting to retro, right? That was sort of Puerto Rican theme, right? So obviously all the air force ones the uptowns um they had done some like i think air trainers or something like that it had some other ones right so i told them that if i was to choose right i would pick the original one that was put out the first puerto rico uptown right because it was put out in 2000 in the year 2000 there was a lot going on for the puerto rican community there's a story that could be told i was sort of thinking from a marketing perspective that it would be interesting to sort of tell to, to celebrate that sneaker but also celebrate that time period in sort of puerto rican history right so for those who were around, who remember, who don't remember, sort of whatever, that's around the same time we had J-Lo, we had, you know, we had Ricky Martin, we had Tito Trinidad knocking everybody out. We had Miss Universe. Um, I forgot, there was a few other things that were sort of occurring at the same time. We had just come that off where we were sort of like going to- Going up like crazy in these days too, right? Yeah, it was like reggaeton was sort of starting to bubble, whatever. Um, and then there was also like the, the struggle with Vieques, right? So it was so much going on. Um, there was a lot of victories for the Puerto Rican community, for lack of a better word, right? So I thought it would be a perfect, you, you, you could tell a story around that sneaker based on that, right? So we left that meeting, so like, okay, yeah, look, we're going to follow up and have these conversations, you know, you know, this seems like it's the one we're going to pick or whatever, right? So myself and a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, we came up with a whole marketing plan based around that, right? So we were going to be able to celebrate the Puerto Rican community uh, around the release of the sneaker, right? So I'm not gonna, I don't want to get too many details of what we haven't planned because maybe who knows what can happen, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then Corona here, right? The coronavirus hit and everything was sort of put into limbo. One of the things that was put into limbo was whether or not those sneakers were even gonna be released because as we know, those sneakers are produced in China and it's, the virus is 
hitting China and, and, and at the pace it was, those sneakers may not even get done. So we sort of waited, we waited, um, never hearing anything back. And then I woke up that morning to see that. So somebody, I think somebody sent it to me or tagged me on it. I was shocked. I was surprised. I'm like, oh shit, like actually releasing them. Like good, right? Number one, at a certain, to a certain level, but bad because I think the opportunity is missed. Not so much from a personal perspective, because I didn't care. It's not, it's not, it wasn't really for me a financial thing or whatever. It was really about me having the pl- the platform to really celebrate us, right? So I felt it was disrespectful, right? In the sense that um, this is something they wouldn't do in any other community, right? If they were going to put that, you know, any other flag on it, they wouldn't just put it out like sort of haphazardly and not really pay homage to the community, right? You know you can do that with us because one, Puerto Ricans, unfortunately, right, in my opinion, right, don't really stand up for what we should stand up for, right? And two, everyone buys that would buy that sneaker. I thought you were gonna say like Puerto just Rico. the that has a flag. Like <laughs> we're just like yeah. that one. That one, yeah. So like the Puerto Rican flag sells, right? It's it's sort of like going back to what I I posted about. It's a cool point, right? Like you, you know, your Puerto Rican the Puerto Rican flag is something that, you know, not just Puerto Ricans wear, right? Not just Puerto Rican represent it. Like we represent it on a whole other level, right? Um, for reasons we know historically, but I think that it's also gone beyond just the Puerto Rican community, right? It's something that's accepted by other communities. Like you'll, all, like you'll see anybody, black, white, Asian, what have you, wearing Puerto, Puerto Rico like stuff, right? Be it a jersey or a t-shirt, whatever, right? So Nike can understand that. With Corona, people have like, uh, other Puerto Rican. Like, oh yeah, we was quick with that. We, we Puerto like, Rico like, mask. Yeah. You were Mexican as hell. Yeah, <laughs> right. Puerto Rico without yeah, that. no. But it's a cool, like it's it's not like any other logo. It's like a logo, right? So I think Puerto Ricans, the Puerto Rican flag is almost like a logo that's sort of like accepted, particularly in the streets, um, and like urban areas. Like it's something that's like, oh, it's Puerto Rican, right? Going to a conversation I have earlier about like, you know, it's it's what that means beyond our community, right? So I was I was offended by it, and I also so it kind of inspired that post because I think that, you know, to me it was an opportunity to sort of really tell that story, right? Tell about why, right, and that's why I posted about it, it was like, why you get, you get cool points, for lack of a better word, for wearing a Puerto Rican flag, right? That's something that was earned, you know, through our struggles in this country in particular, right? So, you know, we started coming here in mass in the 50s, you know, after Operation Bootstrap and how it sort of like industrialized Puerto Rico, causing less opportunities for people to work in the island. They were, we were sort of forced in, you know, into the, to the United States and predominantly we came to New York City and the, and the metropolitan area, right? And ever since we arrived, we've been doing things that are sort of uh, groundbreaking, right? On a cultural perspective, on a social perspective, on a political perspective, right? So, you know, and it was a struggle. It wasn't like we got here and it was like, oh, Puerto Ricans are here. Like, let's, 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 let's throw a parade, like, right? And just give them everything they need. We had to earn all that shit, right? We, we learned it. We earned it the hard way. So to me, you know, whenever I see people sort of just sort of taking advantage of our community or, or just trying to, like, use it, for a profit, I take offense to that, and I feel that it's my responsibility. It's all of our responsibilities, really, to sort of to 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 you know um, to stand up against that, right? And, you know, and I, you know, who am I? Like, I'm I'm not somebody who can really take on like a big corporation, like a Nike or whatever. But I, I you know, whatever I, whatever opportunity I have, I'm going to speak my voice, right? Um, and you know, I, I think that's that's why I sort of felt. Um, and I, I didn't really, I didn't. And you go to the post, I didn't really say, you know, this is inspired by a Nike, whatever. I, you know, it was just. It, to me, it was a, it was sort of like the last straw for me, right? And in that process of dealing with them, and also just dealing with other people, because you know I've had these same conversations with other companies and other brands and different things. It's, it's the same sort of shit, right? You know, it could be Puerto Rican or Latino, 
but it's, it's it, you know, we, we get treated in the same way, right? Like, it's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's a very niche. I've gotten that my entire life. Every time I try to present something, it's like, oh, that's, that's, so that's very niche. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, motherfucker, like, our niche is what builds culture, right? Like, and, and what I, and you can stop me at any point. I'll ramble my life. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll keep I'm rambling. Need all of but like, to give like a historical timeline, right? When Puerto Ricans got here, right? And, and what I was saying, what I was alluding to, and what was part of the, what our intention was with the, with the campaign was to really showcase how Puerto Ricans have been influential in developing culture, right? That starts in New York City or, or gets amplified by New York City and then goes on to have a global impact, right? In the 50s, when you have you had a lot of crews and what have you in the different neighborhoods, right? So we went, we, we went all over the city, predominantly in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Lower East Side, and Uptown, right? And in these neighborhoods, there was crews, right? Like a little street gang, where later became known as street gang, but they were just neighborhood crews, right? And what they would wear, right, were these vests, right? And the vests were almost like varsity vests, right? You, I'm sure, Nick, you're, you're a stylist, so you, you appreciate this, right? Or you know what it is, obviously, right? And it was sort of like, they would wear like whatever the crew was, the dragons and whatever, like, they had, they had like, they, like the most, we did, one for, we did one for the show. Right. So that so in the fifties it was it was it was the varsity vest and goes into the sixties, so to continue in the seventies, that's when you got into the whole the, the rockers, jacket. right? The, okay. the, the the cut off sleeves, right? The flying cut sleeves, what they were calling, right? And it was similar to that. It was based off like the whole outlaw um you know what material culture. Do you know what material the vest was in the fifties? The fifties was like um, knitted. They were wool, like yeah, like like cardigans. They're basically cardigans, like wool cardigans. You know, like oh, like lambs wool cardigans, all that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, and I, I'll send you some images because as a part of this marketing plan, I, I had to source a lot of this stuff. So I'll send you some images I found. I'm sure you'll appreciate them, right? I will. And in the seventies, you know, you have that, right? You have the cut sleeve, which became sort of like the popular culture, or whatever, right? Going into the eighties, then you know, as as that sort of dies out, and then sort of hip hop really started becoming like the, the dominant culture, right? Um, and I'm telling like a really abbreviated version of this, right? Going into the 80s, we saw the rise of hip hop culture, right? On a global scale, right? And particularly in style-wise, what you were seeing was B-boys, right? B-boys and B-girls, right? Who were the B-boys and B-girls that we saw sort of being demonstrated or sort of showcased worldwide? Rocksteady crew, New York City Breakers, all these people. These are predominantly Puerto Rican crews. Rocksteady's like crazy legs. These are all young New York Rican cats who were sort of taking the style. That style was then taken and became known as hip hop, the hip hop style, right? And it's just b-boys, these are just kids from the Bronx and uptown or what have you. Um, and these are predominantly Puerto Ricans, right? If you look at it, the majority of them were Puerto Ricans, right? You go into the 90s, as you know, as hip hop culture continues, you have the rise of sort of like the low lives and all these other crews, right? They were going in and sort of boosting and becoming right. like, you know, taking polo or whatever, right? Yeah. Thurston Howe, a leader of that, right? Puerto Rican cat, right? So you have this continuation of sort of like Puerto Rican sort of defining style. Not saying we were the only ones, obviously not, but you know, that's the, we were there, right? And in many ways we were the ones defining that style, right? Um, and then you continue on as, as sort of like sneakers became like the more dominant thing in you know, the late nineties into early 2000s, you have people like Bobito sort of not not necessarily being the only one again but one of the leaders of that right and i think particularly what bobito did with sneaker culture you know made it a global thing it was sort of be, everyone was rocking sneakers but it wasn't until bobito wrote this article that it became this global phenomenon right like oh like you know where we at now right then you have now like you have styles like yourself you have other styles who, who are puerto rican or sort of the continuing to define culture um and that's just like on streetwear right if you go to it like from a perspective of actual music and art and and you know, literature, it was Puerto Ricans in many ways, right? So if you look at every dominant, every dominant genre of music 
since the 70s, Puerto Ricans have been a part of that, right? If you go all, and even if you go back in jazz, like Puerto Rican Wanty Soul, all these cats from back in the jazz era were defining the sound of jazz. You have Ray Barreto in jazz defining the percussion, how percussion is supposed to sound in jazz, right? You have the salsa movement, which, you know, if people argue about who, where they come from, whatever, it comes from Africa. The sound, the rhythm is African, right? So you want to just define, you want, you want, you want to argue about that. But it wasn't, it was Puerto Ricans in New York City who made that sound the way it sounded, right? That's just a fact, right? There's no arguing about that. Then you go into hip hop, it was black and Puerto Rican cats who were making hip hop music. Freestyle, reggaeton, like all these different genres of music, which became like the dominant sound. Disco, hustle, these are all things that Puerto Ricans were a major contributor to or, or defining the sound, right? You know, in the literature movement, you have the New Rican Poets Cafe, which was defining the way poetry was sounding, right? It, was this, it wasn't just sort of these, it, you know, it changed after that. You know, the last poets were, were, were highly influential. Like, you know, you have Felipe Luciano, part of the last poets. So we've been involved in all these things, but yet we don't get, one, we don't get credit for it, but we also don't um, don't demand that the credit be given to us, right? We, we have this whole Ivan Dito sort of attitude. You skipped over the political, even like the political side. On the political, you look at the Young Lords, yeah, like you have these people like the Young Lords and all these socialist movements that were occurring in New York City in particular. You know, these are young Puerto Rican cats. I'm, and and that, was the, and that thing to me was the most powerful thing is the fact how young these people were. And they were so, you know, they were, they were demanding things that, you know, adults didn't have, you know, the ability to articulate, right? And they, here you are, these young Puerto Rican cats. And I think it's important to note that the time period, right? So you have a lot of this occurred in the late 60s, early 70s, into the mid 70s. And this is really a time that the Puerto Rican community was sort of undergoing a renaissance, right? Because you have for the first time a first generation Puerto Rican or first first time generation New Rican sort of emerging, right? So all this shit's going on, right? They're the first ones who were either born here or, or were raised here, right? So they have this influence of the island, but it's sort of like blended with the realities of New York City. So it's 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 a new thing. It's a new which is where the New Rican actually comes from the word Neo Rican, right? Which means new Puerto Rican. It's not it later just became like, oh, Puerto Rican from New York. But the reality is the, the original purpose of the word was to, to say we were a new Puerto Rican, right? So it wasn't like we were just the Puerto Ricans come from the island or, or what have you, but we were a new thing. Um, and in, in many ways, we were that, right? I think when you look at all the things that were happening in that time period, you know, be it the music, be it the literature, be it the style, um, we, it was a new Puerto Rican being born, you know? And it's, I, I um, listen to Democracy Now a lot in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. Marcelo mm-hmm. is on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he speaks about how, like, now we rep, like, not we rep, but like, now we go hard for Medicare for all. But that's essentially mm-hmm. how towards New York chapter. Yeah. That's how it started. That they were, like, not treating their parents fairly because their parents didn't speak English and they have to go in there mm-hmm. and translate for them. And so it was just, mm-hmm. like, they just saw the system. Especially the mm-hmm. medical system, how it deals yeah, yeah. about people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's funny because I'm doing stuff for Museo, and I'm like, one of the things we're talking about is creating, a, doing a panel around the young lords and how what was spoken about, what they were, the, the issues they were raising back in the 60s are so still prevalent. And we saw it again with COVID, how it was, you know, disproportionately affecting Latinos in New York City. Um, and these are things that they, the young lawyers were arguing, but not obviously not about COVID, but just like the health conditions in the city and how it was affecting the Latino community. I mean, realistically, the black and brown community, but, um, you know, obviously they were advocating on behalf of the Latino population. I think and, you know, they were the young lords, they knew that the lead in paint was toxic. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, they were the ones who led that, that drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, also, it's also like the feminist movement, the gay movement, like the gay movement in New York. Mm-hmm. 
from what I understand, mm -hmm. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. was started by the young lords being like, yo, like, we're, like, some of us are gay too. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. uh, what was the thing? Who was the one that, the woman? Stonewall? The Stonewall? Yeah, she was the gay. Stonewall? Yeah. And she was just like. In the young lords or the? The young lords. I forgot. I, I know, I know what the young. I I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but I know within the young the young lords were addressing the issue of, of homosexuality within the community in a way that was sort of like you know not denouncing, but sort of like amplifying not amplifying because that's not their role, but like just, just saying like yes, we we have gay members and we you know they had a gay brigade and they had these different things that they were doing um, to, to address in a way that was progressive that was new and refreshing to not just the Puerto Rican community but just communities in general because even within so-called progressive communities it was sort of like yeah we're, we're progressive to this limit right what the young lawyer they were saying like if we're gonna be if we're gonna be like claiming all this shit we gotta be about this shit right so they were addressing these issues of like homosexuality uh machismo like also on the level that hadn't been spoken about um which we were just talking about um as well as other things you know and and the young lawyers don't get the credit for that right and i don't think they obviously didn't do it for the credit but i think in, in terms of the historical um storyline it is important to acknowledge that because you know even within you know this the struggle for, for for gay rights in this country you know there was us you know the stonewall like and i'm not going to get too much into details of everything but i think that it's important to really do your googles right and look into these things i think that you know one of the things that i always i always argue with people about is the fact that i think a, a, the generation that is i don't want to say the generation that's current but like i think that it's becoming an issue to me personally, some, as someone who's, you know, I've, I've done my reading, I've done my studying, right? And this is, my opinions are based on that. They're not based on a hashtag I found. They're not based on somebody's posting. It's not based on sort of like what somebody else's ideas. It's really based on me taking the time to sort of study these things and really analyze them and then come to a conclusion that fits me. I'm not saying what I'm saying is, is for everybody and you can disagree and I have no problem with that. I hope you disagree to a certain extent because that continues the conversation. I'm not saying disagree for the sake of disagreeing because that's also very popular nowadays. But I think that, yeah, like I, I think it is important for people to really take the time to study and read things, right? And I think that if you do that, you you find the answers to a lot of questions and a lot of things that are going on, right? History teaches us everything we need to know. Um, but on the same note, I think it's important for us to sort of be inspired by the history. And I always say, like, be inspired by history. Don't be anchored by it, right? Because I think a lot of times, particularly in the Puerto Rican community, um, at least for my generation, I felt that we were becoming anchored by it, right? So, like, we came off the Young Lords, um, and we were like, yo, the Young Lords, yeah, la, 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 right? But then we didn't do anything beyond it, right? I think a part of the reason the Puerto Rican community has sort of been on a decline, um, particularly in New York City, culturally, is because of that. I think we sort of, we were just like, yo, we did this and then we did that. Like, all right, but what are we doing now? Like, we haven't done anything since that then it's, you're not, one, you're not honoring that past, and, and two, you're, you're allowing it to die out, right? So yes, Puerto Ricans left New York City in mass, and we went to different places, Orlando, what have you, but yet, you know, we're, there is still, we're here, right? You know, we're having this conversation in New York City, right? And I think it's important for us who are still here to sort of carry on tradition and make sure that what they did is sort of honored in a way that's true to it, right? Which means we have to continue that storyline. We can't just live on that. Cafe. Que la que hay, mis amores. 
Let's take a little break from the show right now to talk about Ether Wellness. Ether Wellness offers a variety of essential oils ranging from wild orange, which has energizing properties to help you either start or restart your day, lavender, which is great to help you get a good night's sleep, or my personal favorite, peppermint, which is good for headaches and nausea. Just put a couple dabs of it on your wrist, in your diffuser, or in your shower to bring your shower game up to a whole another level head to etherwellness.com right now and use the promo code cafe fuerte for 10 percent off that's a-e-t-h-e-r wellness.com and with the promo code cafe fuerte you'll get 10 percent off today do you know chris uh chris mendez have I Chris Mendez works for Translation. Have I introduced him? He's one of my no, no, I think I've He's one of my mm-hmm. good friends. Also, 100% Puerto Rican, and mm-hmm. we were having this conversation. We were we were on Franklin in Brooklyn, and we we're just walking. Mm-hmm. And I remember him asking. This was like two or three years ago. He was like, "Where are all the Puerto Ricans? What happened mm-hmm. to it?" Like, I remember yeah, being yeah. cool, and you look left and right, and everybody's Puerto Rican. And now mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's less and less of us. And then specifically yeah. in creative spaces, that was part of the conversation that we were having. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. such creative people. And like if you look we on the art, art yeah. and the mm-hmm. that we make with our hands, like I was just listening mm-hmm. to this um this live about archiving and mm-hmm. how we naturally know how to do things genetically. And like mm-hmm. I noticed that for example, my grandmother was a seamstress and she also worked in domino mm-hmm. shipping factory so like the, mm-hmm. her was domino and then it was seamstress when mm-hmm. she first got here from puerto rico and like yes seeing her face she frowns and i noticed like when she's mm-hmm. concentrating and my mom does mm-hmm. it and i don't know i don't notice when i'm doing it and i'm sure that if i hadn't been raised around my mom i would still do it but i'm very interested right. in something creatively that i'm making or that i'm doing i mm-hmm. do like this mm-hmm. ugly brown but like now nah, I love it because my, my grandma. Uh, but like, right, right. like it's like, and then I'm like, <laughs> why am I fix your face? Like, <laughs> but it's like right, right. so into what we're doing creatively mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. these things we do just genetically with our hands, things that we just know. Mm-hmm. I have cousins that are so gifted in just drawing mm-hmm. and, and doing hair and stuff like that that I'm like, yo, like, yeah. how are you so nice with it? And I think that. I, I, yeah. that has to do with our creativity. It's so why are we not in yeah. these spaces enough? I think I, I think one another of it is gentrification. Mm-hmm. I think it's a number of things. I think one, yeah, I think demographically there isn't a lot of Puerto Ricans in New York left, right? Right? This is reality. Like we discovered Florida, like yo, fuck this shit. Like, I hate and you. and you, <laughs> you gotta think about it. So like it's real. Like I remember, you know, we left in nineteen like you know, we left because you always think how how the crack the crack the crap the crack epidemic hit our communities in a yeah. real way, right? And so a lot of us escaped. Yeah, heroin, all these drugs, like they hit our community very hard and we left, right? Those who could left because they wanted to raise their children in a better conditions or whatever. So a lot of us left particularly went to Florida, Miami, Orlando, yeah. um, and so forth. Pennsylvania. Yo, Al- Allentown? Allentown, I don't fucking know. I mean, I understand when like Clemente was there with the pirates, but like shit, like yeah, after that, like, I but we left, right? You know, for for a better life, for lack of a better word, or, and just for better conditions, you know, whatever. And I, I understand that. Like my mom, when we left, like initially, like I, I get it. Like I remember saying, "Why the fuck did we leave?" Like it's, 
why like we moved to Miami like I, why I hated Miami right you know um but I understand now as a parent as an adult like you want to live a better life like there was the living conditions in Miami at the time I mean it wasn't great but it was like better than here right because it's you know sunny it feels like you know it's Caribbean whatever the coffee's better um but uh but so I understand that so we've left we left we've gone since that we left the mass um however the other thing is this is a conversation I have with you know friends of mine right some peers of mine like the, the reality is even if there's only five of us we don't support each other right and I think Puerto Ricans have come to this sort of you know this conclusion that we don't need to support one another right which I think other communities of color other communities particularly immigrant communities do right Dominicans support each other like no other community you know and I I, I have benefited from that right because I've come into this you know you know I've, I've sort of been entered you know allowed to be a part of that community and, and sort of been amplified through them right and I, and I honor that right and I respect that Puerto Ricans don't do that shit. Puerto Ricans don't support one another. We we don't support each other in the ways that we can, right? So, the ways we you know what we often do, we always see each other almost as a, like a competitor, right? And I think that's wrong. Like you know, and it's not like you know don't support somebody just because they're Puerto Rican, but if it's important, if you have the opportunity, you have a platform, and there is a Puerto Rican person who's doing something that's is important or you know dope or however you want to describe it, allow that person, give that person the opportunity, right? And we don't do that shit. We we you know, and, and I've had this argument, not my boy, you know, Adrian, Viajero, um, you know, me and him have this conversation on an ongoing basis. And I've, I've been having this conversation with other people, particularly in the creative class, who, you know, I feel have opportunities, but don't necessarily look at their own people, you know, to sort of give that alley-oop, right? And it's not like, yo, I got to bring you in because you're Puerto Rican, right? But I think that, you know, support one another, I think. And that, that support can be in giving somebody an opportunity. It could be in mentorship. It could be in just having a conversation with them, like, yo, you know, I do this, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I see you're into this, whatever. Let's have a conversation that builds on something, right? Um, that doesn't happen amongst Puerto Ricans at all, in my, in my opinion, right? Um, I mean, me and you, we, we you know, we, we have our own personal stuff, so I, it's different. You know, I don't want to say it's like, you know, but I think a part of that is because that's why we get along. I think we understand the value of that, right? So, like, for me personally, like, whenever I have an opportunity, I look for my people, right? I look to either make sure that we're represented in a way if it's if, I'm, if if i can't put somebody else on it's like oh I, you know the opportunity just for me i make sure that I, I plant that flag because that's my responsibility right and it allows me to sort of continue that that narrative that storyline of puerto ricans right um but i find that that's not always the case with other puerto ricans i feel like you know and i could be wrong it could be just me me feel like motherfuckers don't fuck with me right and maybe that's the case right um no that's but i feel it's accurate to a certain extent i think that it's kind of like Puerto Ricans, we come just right behind Black people in the sense of, like, mm -hmm. our trajectory in this country. Um, right. So I think that the way that there's, like, there could only be one Black person, sometimes right. with mm -hmm. Puerto Ricans, we think we could be the only one in that space. And right. then we realize that there could be multiple of us, and it's not a problem. Right. And mm -hmm. we can do the mm -hmm. same exact thing, and we could just do it a little different and still be yeah. in the space. I, I agree. I think that's there's 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 room and opportunity for all of us, you know what I'm saying? And I think that like and there's also like being intentional, like, you know, like let's all get together. Like, you know, and this is I mean, I, I'll have this conversation offline, like, you know, there there are conversations being had, like very initial conversations about um bringing together a group of us, right, who who are in the sort of the creative class or the creative group, um, and, and having discussions about how we can sort of get back to that point, right? Where we're all having these conversations, we're building on things, right? Like there really isn't any celebrate like, 
you look at the parade like this is that one one time a year there's like sort of bullshit celebration of Puerto Rican culture it's not really a celebration it's it's become this commercial sort of opportunity it's not really honoring Puerto Rico honoring Puerto Rican you know Puerto Rican community it's just a, an opportunity to wave a flag right so I think that we can you know along the year take you know create opportunities for ourselves and whatever way that is like it, it could be events it could be done in you know and there's so many ways we're creative people like as you said right by nature one another. if you need a photographer mm-hmm. like, i'm not saying only right. hire, like don't consider no of course person. not i'm quick to hire right. people for everything that i yeah. do mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to like you know just like damn i need it like for you you had your your mm-hmm. your production and you asked mm-hmm. me to do the costume design. So mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that was an honor for me and I took that on as a real responsibility. Oh, an honor for me. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. you know, not just because you're my friend, but also because you're Puerto Rican mm-hmm. and you want to do something for mm-hmm. us. So like right. that's I think it's that exchange that's really important. I agree. I agree. And I think that's that's where it's at. Like, you know, like like I said, like I and I don't make you know make it by myself, but I I I, I purposely try to include my people in everything I do, right? One because I can't separate myself from who I am. I, 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 I was raised a certain way. I was raised with a sense of pride about my culture. Um, you know, not just because I, you know, I, I, I'm proud to say I was born in Puerto Rico, right? And you know, and even though we left at a very young age, you know, I know you can't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was instilled in me at a very young age. <laughs> I know, no, I, as Puerto Rican as me, you're probably more Puerto Rican, really. Um, but I think, you know, like. I think the fact I left, you know what I'm saying, and I, I was sort of like at a young age, moved around quite a bit. Um, and I really became really Puerto Rican when I lived in Miami. And similar to the conversation you have about LA, like, you know, I come into a city that really isn't, there isn't too many Puerto Ricans, right? There's, it's predominantly, and I would say specifically Cuban American, right? Um, and they identify largely as white, right? Because of reasons not to be stated, right? I never identify as white, right? I'm like, I'm Puerto Rican, like, nah, like, and, and particularly Miami, the, the, it was everything was viewed in sort of a black and white perspective, right? Either you're black or white, and I'm not white. I'm Puerto Rican, right? Culturally, I'm that's that's something that means a lot to me, right? So I think that, you know, that forced me to, you know, you know, because it, it wasn't enough to be like, yo, I'm Puerto Rican, like, all right, cool, what the fuck does that mean? I had to learn what that meant, right? Right? And I know that from a, a place of like just what that meant inside my household, the food we ate, what we talked about, the music that was listened to those different things are sort of really like real life things, but also meant for me to look into it, you know, from the historical perspective, right? Um, like, you know, learning our history and what have you, and, and also learning, you know, you know, what what we contributed to, you know, to culture and all. Cause I was, I've always been, in, I've always loved music since I was a young age. So I've always been into it. You know, so I, I'm always, I, and I'm a nerd. So I, I'm always looking at it, like, oh, Puerto Rican, that name looks Puerto Rican, whatever. Um, so that was a part of the process, you know what I'm saying? So. Um, it, it is important for us to sort of like, I think this is what we're talking about. I'm losing my no, our point no, of reference, but I, I, you know, it, it goes to, to that point. Like I've always felt that I needed to represent for my people, right? Because I am extremely proud of where I come from. I'm extremely proud of what we, we've done. Um, and it's sort of my way to honor that. It's a way to honor my family. It's a way to honor those who came, you know, my ancestors and all that. Um, and that's why I am the way I am, you know, and, and, I don't give a fuck, and, 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 and I know I've lost opportunities. I know I've, if I, if I wasn't as Puerto Rican as I was, I wouldn't, I would have, you know, I could just easily sold out and be like, yo, I can use these sort of ideas to benefit myself in other ways, right? But I can't, I, I don't want to either, you know what I'm saying? I want to take the opportunities that are presented to me, you know, the opportunities that I create for myself and amplify my people because I love my people, like 100%, like without my people, I ain't shit. And I don't want to be shit without my people, you know, so. Yeah. I think that 
it's really going back to what the Puerto Rican influence is just over like this whole nation. Um, I think it's important to mention because like I frequently travel back to the island and like mm -hmm. they'll tell me like, oh, do you think you're Puerto Rican? Well, you were born in America, mm -hmm. so are you really Puerto Rican? Mm -hmm. What makes you mm -hmm. Puerto Rican? And, and those questions and what I, what I have come to realize for myself, but what I've always known my whole life, you know, one of those things that have been back in your mind forever, is that the Puerto Rican story not only um, is a big part of, like, New York is a big part of that, but it mm -hmm. evolves here. So, like, the mm -hmm. reason why, mm -hmm. for example, um, reggaeton and, and other genres mm -hmm. like that, like, we're accepted into those is because in the mm -hmm. 70s, Puerto Ricans were there with Black people doing hip-hop right. and, and breakdancing, mm -hmm. freestyling, and mm -hmm. all those things. So it's mm -hmm. not we're not just guests in the hip hop space. Right. We're co-founders no. in this house. Yeah, we're parents. We're parents of this shit. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. we're co-parents mm -hmm. in this house. So mm -hmm. we didn't. Mm -hmm. This was something like you said, and that's what I. That's where my mind went when you put up that post. Was like, mm -hmm. we didn't just get here and just decide like, oh well, we mm -hmm. you know we did like pun raps really good, so he's accepted. No, like right. He's he's accepted because of. What somebody did in the seventies, who unfortunately we didn't yeah. know his name, you know what? I mean? Right, right, yeah. And 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 in those names we do know, we we sort of take for granted. Like I think, you know, I remember having the conversation. Like I I grew up, I'm a hip hop kid, right? So I grew up listening to hip hop, and before I even knew where was I was a part of it, like I I I was a fan, right? And it was it over it, to be honest, like it was through hip hop that I also became very proud of my identity because I found like oh shit, like my people were a part of this, right? Something I I love just by by that by nature um it was part of my genetics right so it was part of my dna right so i think that you know it, it made me super proud you know and i grew up at a time of, like you know the black power movement within hip-hop was sort of emerging and i'm saying oh shit, like that that's dope like how proud you know you know there was a way to sort of to you know to identify your pride and really express it um and i saw myself in that right so i saw my pride as a puerto rican man being as a child at that point really um, being, you know, sort of not told to me, but like sort of like allowed for me to understand like that, that sense of pride. And, you know, it was through the black power movement within hip hop that I saw that and, and understanding that Puerto Ricans were a part of that um, and were included in that conversation to me as a young, per as a young person meant a lot, you know what I'm saying? So like when it comes to hip hop, like, you know, we were there from the beginning, right? And I think that it's, it gets lost, and I think particularly now when this this whole these whole conversation of whitewashing things and what have you, um, and I, and and we can specifically talk about reggaeton too. How there's this a conversation of like there's an intent to whitewash reggaeton, right? You have to take reggaeton and understand the history of that, right, before you can have those conversations, right? And I think that where I, you know, it's funny because I I make this conversation. I was talking to my brother about this, like yo, me of all people being like this big advocate of reggaeton, I'm not the biggest. Fan, I love it. Like I, I've been to the clubs and you know, I appreciate what it does. You know, especially when I was younger, right? Um, but you know, it's I see what's happening with reggaeton in terms of the the credit being given to other people before they're given to Puerto Rico, ha happening or has happened with hip hop, right? So I take, you know, I think it's important for us to identify those conversations at a very at an early stage because. The same shit happened with hip hop. Like Puerto Ricans got removed from history of hip hop. You know, our credit, our attributions, so we got completely 
removed. Like it, it was like we were just oh, there was a few Puerto Ricans here or there. I think there was like a DJ here or like an MC or like whatever. Like no, nah, motherfucker, we were there. Just we were every crew you mentioned, every every crew that gets accredited as like the craze of hip hop. There was Puerto Ricans in them, right? Yeah, and it's not just in the music of it, but the whole culture from the MC, the DJs, Puerto Rican DJs, Puerto Rican MCs. Puerto Rican graffiti artists, you know, Puerto Rican breakdancers, all the elements that are known as the elements of hip hop, there were Puerto Ricans involved from the jump, right? You know, and I, I think that- I'm talking to you right now from the South Bronx, and you can see right. the elements yes. of Puerto mm-hmm. Rican culture here from the mm-hmm. 60s and mm-hmm. 70s. Things that yeah. have no, like, I, walls that people respect that don't paint over, thank God. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. We were within the fabric, and like people always yeah. my neighborhood of like this is where hip hop started. Okay, dope. Mm-hmm. But like also, mm-hmm. we were co-parents in that, and the the evidence is yeah. there, even if we didn't. Yeah, hundred percent. You well. know, hundred percent. I think you know it's, it's interesting, but like in certain communities like the South Bronx, you still see that. Like uh, as Puerto Ricans have left New York City, I think there there are pockets of us, right? And South Bronx is one in particular where you can see sort of like. This conversation we're having, it's 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 not a conversation that's had because it just it's a part of the fabric of what what is the South Bronx, right? So you have black saying. families. Yeah, it's it's it. There is this sort of like, you know, like I said, like I wrote about like it relates to another thing, like you know, we became neighbors and we became family. That shit is real there. Like it's not the case in every community, but particularly South Bronx. Like you know, I I, I worked in the South Bronx and I remember like you know, black the like straight up like no Puerto Rican nothing bringing me coquito right and it's like this is what they, and it's like yo yeah it's coquito it's christmas time i'm bringing you coquito like i'm like yo but i'm, I'm the puerto rican i'm like why let me make you coquito type shit so it's because of that that exchange that occurred and i think that that's something that gets lost and i think it's very vital right particularly now when we're having this conversation about blackness and, and latino culture and what have you i think that it, it, I, i'm very careful in how that conversation is being had because that conversation needs to be had uh, in context, and I think it needs to be had, you know, it's, you know, although we're all grouped together as sort of Latinos, we've all experienced, you know, blackness in different ways, right? Like, blackness in Puerto Rico means something completely than blackness in El Salvador, right? Right. And I think it's very important that when we have these conversations, and, you know, I I, I see it on, on, I don't really follow a lot of these accounts that are so like these, you know, they want to be, you know, holier than thou, um, um, but, you know, I, I, I they, it crosses my feet every once in a while, and, you know, I'm like, damn, like, that's, that's not exactly the case, you know what I'm saying? It, and, you know, and, and it, it sort of frustrates me because it's, it, it, it erases that history that I'm talking about. It erases the history of Black and Puerto Rican, um, you know, and, 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 and in of, of the sense of, like, how we came together in the city and how we, you know, we developed all this culture and what have you that's become, like, global culture, right? And it's not to say there aren't Black people in Puerto Rico, because then that, that becomes this whole other conversation, like, oh, but... When you say Puerto Ricans and black, like you're not, you're saying that there's no blackness in Puerto Rico. I'm like, no, Puerto Rican culture is black culture, and I, and I spoke about this, right? But I mean that not just in New York City, but the culture in Puerto Rico that is black culture. What we celebrate in Puerto Rico as culture, as popular culture, is black culture. Africa, you know, comes from Africa. Right? Our music, our food, the way we talk, the way we walk, the way all that shit is African. That shit is not Spanish. This, this, you know, outside of our language. You know, Spain and, and some of the architecture that we love and it's beautiful in Bio San Juan, the Spanish influence in Puerto Rico is not as dominant as, and the most dominant is the African culture, right? And the Taino culture um, as well. But I, I would argue that it's actually the African culture that has made the biggest impact in our, who we are as people. 
we were just talking about this on or off air before we started recording but like when i moved to la that was when i realized that i was black like i i didn't realize because growing up here i'm light-skinned like if anybody knows me mm-hmm. my instagram like i'm light-skinned as fuck so people see mm-hmm. me in my, in my family i'm like the little blanquita but when i was right. out there i saw black girls that look like me and mm-hmm. i was treated like a black person at the time I, like right. a black young kid when i was out there and what I was telling Christian before this is like I was outside in my friend's dorm at like eight o'clock in the morning. I got locked out. She she goes to USC and like I'm mm-hmm. off Hoover. I forgot what street I was on, like twenty eighth or something like that. But I'm off Hoover and some cops stop me and they give me like a like a like a summons, like a little citation. Mm-hmm. You're loitering mm-hmm. and I wasn't loitering, I was just waiting for my friend to wake up and I was just sitting outside of her gate. Um and they checked black on the ticket mm-hmm. and I was like not black like my whole life everybody's been telling me i'm light-skinned right. i'm like but i'm also i know that my features don't allow for them to check white so it was right. kind of like he's too tall to be mexican and mm-hmm. look a little black so check right and and within yeah. that um that was when i started to kind of realize and when i was homesick over there and i realized that i couldn't find like i would go to the mexican spot just to get sopa but it wouldn't mm-hmm. taste like our sopa I would want black. Right, right, right. Or like I was telling my cousin, mm-hmm. yeah, I would search the menu for like a pollo guisado in a Mexican restaurant, and they were like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. And this was me, mm-hmm. twenty one years, right. twenty one years old, in, in right. LA, two thousand eleven, not really knowing shit, and trying to be like, "Well, right. where where do you guys have yeah. pollo guisado?" And they're like, "What the? What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. Like, I don't right. even know what that is. And it yeah. was through the Jamaican spots so that I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. rice and peas, arroz con candules, mm-hmm. patelitos." Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. uh, beef patties, beef patties. Mm-hmm. like plantains, platanos, mm-hmm. like immediate, like it, it was like a bomb mm-hmm. went off in my head. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, they lied mm-hmm. to us. Like right. <laughs> my culture is really this, it's not that. Yeah. They were like, all right, well, they're a little bit lighter skin. Maybe we can, we trust mm-hmm. them to be on Fifth Avenue, for example. And how many friends, mm-hmm. like, at least in my generation, Felt dope to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I work at Armani on Fifth Avenue. But it was like, they right, see right, like right. a fucking dog at the end of your shift because they think mm-hmm. you're going to steal something. Right. Like, 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know what I mean? It, just because yeah. we're not in the fields no more and because we're kind of, mm-hmm. we've been accepted. But I've also, as a light skinned mm-hmm. person, have experienced mm-hmm. when my light skin works and when it doesn't. And when it's mm-hmm. convenient for them, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I always I always say like there isn't a single you know to to, to speak in sort of like a broad stroke, right? I think you know no white person ever confused me for anything other than what I am, right? I, I've never sort of been like, oh, he may be you know he may be white, you know what I'm saying? And my skin is white because you know I'm never in the sun, right? It's fucking New York, right? But you know you know I, I I've never identified as white. I'm Puerto Rican, right? And you know in terms of I've always sort of, you know, want to look from a census perspective. I always write other and I put Caribbean since I was a child, right? Wow. Um, just because I, I knew from a young age that I'm not, the idea of like Latino, you know, the sort of like broad category of Latino, right? You know, my experiences, but other people who are quote unquote Latino didn't match, right? I, you know, our music doesn't match, our food, the way we carry ourselves, aesthetically, the way we look, looks completely different. Like all of our families, you know, obviously we have, the, the rainbow of, of, of melon in, in our families, right? You know, um, but it didn't match what 
my, for example, my best friend from childhood, he's Jamaican, right? So like, that's like my brother, right? So I, when we met, you know, our food made more sense, right? Like we, you know, we eat similar things, like, because, you know, the way we, our music has, is, is much more in line, um, the way we think, the way we walk, the way we talk, like, it made, it was made, so I always saw myself as, oh shit, I'm Caribbean, right? From a young age, right? If you want to pr- present me in a sort of broad category that goes beyond Puerto Rican, right? If you want to categorize me, I'm Caribbean, right? Because of the way my culture is, right? It is a blending of these different things. Um, and it's much more aligned with that of someone who's literally my neighbor, right? To the, to the, you know, to the, where we're where at. Like, you know, so on one side we got DR, on the other side we have St. Thomas, right? The Bridge Islands, right? Those things are more in kind, you know, more, more, um, you know, more in line with who we are as people than somebody thousands of miles away from me who just happens to speak the same language as me, right? I, I've always identified as Caribbean. I always felt as a Caribbean person. We are Caribbean people, and I think that I don't give a fuck with however anybody else wants to define us. I'm not gonna allow anybody else to use their sort of limit, limited understanding of the world to define me. You know what I'm saying? So I've never been a person to check off any of those things. I've always put other and Caribbean. I don't see things in black and white in terms of like, yeah, that could be problematic, particularly now this conversation is being had, but we're all of those things. That's the reality of us as Caribbean people. Right. It, when I, there are certain forms that I have to fill out for work and stuff, or like even just medical yep. forms, mm-hmm. and you know they have yeah. like black, white, or Pacific, and I'm like, I'm not none mm-hmm. of those. Gone, yeah. But then at the same yeah. time, the closest thing that I can say is black. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that me owning my blackness has made people mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Like I've noticed even just mm-hmm. me owning my Caribbeanness amongst mm-hmm. other Caribbeans makes them uncomfortable. Like, oh, like, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm literally speaking common sense. I'm like, if we eat the mm-hmm. same thing with them as them, mm-hmm. have similar features as them, the mm-hmm. only thing is, mm-hmm. is that maybe our hair is a little bit different or something like that. Or sometimes they have the same exact hair as us and darker skin. We we can live right. I have I have an aunt that is light skin. Mm-hmm. It's white mm-hmm. as hell, but he's not white, he's Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. he's white skin as hell, and mm-hmm. their child mm-hmm. came black. Like, they have mm-hmm. one child, yeah. the, I mean, the, the rest of the kid, her kids, mm-hmm. she got two other kids, they came out light skin. The others, mm-hmm. that one yeah, kid I'm... came out black as hell. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and right. that happened because... in any of our, you know, in, in any of our relationships yeah. if we're with one another in Caribbean culture, yeah. one thing, mm-hmm. like, we can mm-hmm. have three kids and one of them could come out dark as hell. Mm-hmm. And that just happens mm-hmm. to that one kid, you know. So it's yeah. I mean, that's 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 the reality. That's genetics, right? So I mean, I have uncles who are dark, but it's almost the color of my shirt, right? And have green eyes, right? I have other family members who are like blanquita as hell with red hair, and they all are Puerto Rican, right? Like you know, they they eat the same thing. They they, they you know, obviously you can have the conversation about how that's you know, like colorism. Colorism is a real thing, right? But we all are Puerto Rican, right? We don't right. we don't have. We don't share, we don't have different cultures. We don't have the divide as you have in America where it's like, you know, black, there's black culture, there's white culture, right? Well, we celebrate in Puerto Rico, it's black culture, right? No one's out here listening to, you know, like fucking music from Spain. Like it is it is African, it's it, it's black. But I, I think one of the things you mentioned earlier, like about, um, I forgot what you said, but I want to make a point of it. Um, and I, it'll probably come back to me. But, you know, I, I think that it's important to define yourself, right? Because I think that it's easy and it's it's, it's sort of like, it's the, you know, we're, we're allowed, we're, we allow ourselves to be defined by other people, right? And particularly now in the social media age, where everyone's just like, you know, posting shit and like resharing shit. It's sort of like, it's not based on anything, right? It's just based on um, somebody else's opinion. Oh, that's what it was, was about how, um, 
you know, yes, yeah, so somebody be, you know, somebody from we are lighter, but again, history tells us why, right? So you gotta look at historically what happened was the Spanish didn't bring their wives, right? The English did, right? And there was this, there's this, there's this, you know, what happens, right? So I think that that's why Puerto Ricans tend to be more light skinned, you know, Cubans tend to be more light skinned, Dominicans tend to be, you know, although Dominicans tend to be, you know, they have a larger, well, we, what Americans define as a black um, population that you have in Puerto Rico and all that. But there's also, again, I don't want to give the whole historical thing, but I think it's important to go read. History to tell, will, will define and explain all those things to you. Um, but you have to read, you know what I'm saying? Don't just go onto fucking social media and follow a hashtag. Absolutely. And I think it's getting back to what we were talking about in terms of the Puerto Rican influence. I think it's so important mm -hmm. to talk about this right now with expats coming into New York. And like, for example, mm -hmm. Um, there are certain expats that come in here that kind of understand their history, like you were saying, and like are mm -hmm. well read and don't just look at shit on Instagram and say, this is truth. Like actually take mm -hmm. time off of the internet to look at what's going on, mm -hmm. um, or, or their history rather. Um, mm -hmm. and one of those people is Ta-Nehisi Coates. So in his book, mm -hmm. Between the World and Me, one of my favorite lines in there because mm -hmm. my whole life I've always been looking for like the one time somebody mentions Puerto Rican in a book because we don't they don't never mm -hmm. talk about mm -hmm. us. That was me. That was me my whole life. Yeah. But he mm -hmm. he mentions in there that when he got to Brooklyn from uh, mm -hmm. I forgot where he was from like the South or DC Virginia something like that. Mm -hmm. He said that when he got here that he found cousins in Puerto. He said mm -hmm. he found high yellow cousins in Puerto Rican and Dominican. Mm -hmm. And he, mm -hmm. He goes in to describe our similarities and our cultures, mm -hmm. how, like even our parenting styles. Specifically, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Puerto Rican and Black parents have very mm -hmm. similar parenting styles. And I'm not right. sure if mm -hmm. it's been here a little bit longer than Dominicans in terms of like yeah. the United States in bulk. And like, in, like I say, I like we're fucking produce, but like in in mm -hmm. uh, um, but mm -hmm. I think there's also the other side of that where expats come in here. And they're like, they kind of see us as Mexicans. And so they don't understand mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like our history does not line up mm -hmm. with that. So when I see a Puerto Rican person right. do rag, I don't think twice mm -hmm. because they got weight. Right. And even though they may be right. hell <laughs> and look yeah, yeah, yeah. way to you, I know when mm -hmm. they take off their shit, their shit my wave. And they're trying <laughs> to keep their brain intact. And, go surfing, yeah. and and us you wearing braids is an appropriation because this is our culture and it was it's it, our culture yeah i think it's that it's, it's our culture right and i think that only, but it's, it our, gets, it's not only our culture genetically through africa but it's also our culture mm -hmm. genetically through being the co-founders of hip-hop it's it, it right and that, like I, we that, got here and we just wanted to make a song right. and now we wear braids that's not how that right. works no Exactly. I, th I think it's that. Like, I think, you know, Puerto Ricans, Puerto Rican culture in the United States, right, is completely tied in with the Black experience, right? Because it was Black America who taught us how to handle the United States, right? We came into certain neighborhoods, you know, if you look at Harlem, right, if you look at the, the Bronx, Brooklyn, right? We didn't go into predominantly white neighborhoods, right? Because those, those are, we, we couldn't afford to go to the neighborhoods, right? We, and we weren't allowed to be in those neighborhoods, more importantly, right? We weren't, you know, we, they wouldn't rent to us, right? I would always so consider it like, like they put us. Because remember, yeah. we were migrated through uh, right. most of, uh, a lot of us, my family at least, through Operation right. Bootstrap. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. they put us in 
those yeah, no, it, we, we were projects. Right. And, and, and through that, we became family, right? And, and again, it was Black America who taught us how to navigate the beast that is America, right? We learned through them, right, how to handle what we were, you know, we were presented with, right? So we became family, right? So I think it's, you know, and I can tell my personal experience my whole life, I've always been around Black people. I've always been around, you know, that's just my, up, that's my personal upbringing, but I know it's not just limited to me, you know what I'm saying? I know that even when I lived, when I was outside this area, in Miami, it was Black, black people, predominantly Caribbean, you know, Black people, who, uh, who I befriended, who became my friends, who became my family. And to this day, we're, 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 you know, we are your friends, right? Um, and so when I see things like Puerto Ricans appropriating black culture, like that's sort of, that's a, that's a conversation is being had for people who don't understand the New York in particular, the New York experience. When I hear it, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, and, and I think it's, it's also like, it's interesting because that conversation is often being had by people who say, oh, Puerto Ricans, and it, it's Puerto Ricans, it's funny because Puerto Ricans don't get lumped into this part of the conversation. I think Dominicans get, get the weight of it in terms of like, Dominicans don't identify with the blackness, right? But oftentimes, like Puerto Ricans and, and Dominicans and blacks, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans don't identify the blackness. But when Puerto Ricans sort of act a certain way, they're like, oh, y'all ain't black, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's sort of like, what, what the fuck is it? You know what I'm saying? What, what is your argument? And I don't personally, from my perspective, I don't give a fuck what your argument is, right? Because I know who I am as a person. I know who we are as a people. And I don't see, I don't seek to be, um, you know, uh, how can I put this? I don't seek the validation of anybody outside of myself, right? And that's just me. Maybe I'm just who I am. I'm self, I'm extremely self-aware who I am. I, I'm proud of who the fuck I am, and I don't need anybody else to validate that for me, right? But I think I see that happening with other people. And it's funny because it's happening. I see people who I, I admire and who I think have an understanding of shit, right? And yet they fall into the same traps. Like, they allow other people to define us, you know? And I think that's unfortunate because, you know, those people who are defining us don't have the historical context to be able to have that conversation or understanding, right? So you're allowing somebody who grew Biloxi, wherever the fuck, right? To, to tell you who you are as a Puerto Rican, right? What the fuck do they know? You know who you are because, you, and you should know it through, obviously through your personal experience, but you should also know it through the historical timeline of Puerto Ricans, right? And, you know, I, that to me gets frustrating, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what, what, what can you do, right? So I think it's rather than wasting our energy and in, in sort of like seeking that validation or arguing with those people. Cause you, like, I'm not a person you'll ever see argue other people on Instagram, right? Fuck, I don't got time for that shit. Literally, I don't have time. But like, I don't see the value in that. As opposed to doing that, I'd rather like showcase you what it, what it actually means to be Puerto Rican, right? Be it through the events I do or through anything I do. I try to showcase that to you rather than tell you, right? Let me show you what the fuck we are. Let me show you what the fuck we've done, right? Um, to a point that I'm sure people get like tired of it. Right? This motherfucker with Puerto Rico shit, right? But I'm just proud, right? And I, and, and I think that, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to do it. I think that's, there's more value to doing it that way than it to be like, oh no, you know, you know, posting shit about, you know, our blackness or, our, you know, or like why are we denounce our blackness. Puerto Ricans don't denounce their blackness. Certain individuals do, right? But that's the case for other people. But as a people, I honestly, and I would argue with this, we don't denounce our black. We celebrate our blackness. Even the the whitest Puerto Rican, you know, what I'm saying, on the general, right? Of course, there's colorism. Of course, there's all those things in Puerto Rico, right? But as a people, whether we do it intentionally or you know, or without even thinking about it, we are celebrating our blackness as people, right? Through our culture, through our music, the way we talk, the way we walk, the way we you know articulate our identity, right? It it is just you don't you know it, it's it's celebrating blackness, you know what I'm saying? Rightfully so, because again, that's that's truly who we are as a people. Right. 
our art, our dance, our graffiti, mm -hmm. all of that stuff, right. our blackness. It, it goes, it could go back to Africa. I mean, it could go back to Puerto Rico, but it eventually gets traced back to Africa. And that's- Absolutely, yeah. To remember. Yeah, I, I, I have this, like, when it comes to, like, you know, I'm a big salsa guy, right? So I think a lot of people have, you know, I'm always having these conversations about the origin of salsa. And I, you know, I was talking, you know, if, if, if you're carrying along those lines of, like, because the, the conversations I often had about, oh, it's, it's a Cuban music, and I'm like, oh, you have, because you have like Guaguancong, all these rhythms that originate in Cuba. Yeah, but where do those rhythms actually originate from, right? Africa. So if you can have the argument, if you can follow that line, salsa is African music. And it is. I would argue that it's African music reinterpreted in a New Yorican style, right? And I think that, because that's that to me is, is, is really what makes salsa what it is. It is the, the New Yorican, um, going back to, I think, what this initial conversation is about, it is the New Yorican experience that makes salsa sound the way it is, right? Because if you look, if you listen to these rhythms prior to New Yorkans taking it on, it sounds, although it sounds similar, it sounds completely different at the same time, right? Because Guaguancón coming from Cuba, so Montuno coming, it sounds different. It, it, it took New Yorkans, right? Taking that energy of New York City and combining with those rhythms and also blending in R&B, blending in jazz, right? It is that combination that creates salsa. In and by itself, salsa does not come from Cuba. It doesn't come from Puerto Rico either. It comes from New Yorkers. Hey, 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 hey.